Good morning. Good morning. It's all good. My wife's being social. It's good. Thank you. Um, today's part 10 of Spirit Centered, but actually it's week one of Spirit Gifted. Okay, for those of you that think this series has gone too long, all series should be six or seven. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, but we're going to pick up. Uh, I, I want to let you know, a, a few weeks ago I was with a dear friend of mine, Robbie Booth, uh, who used to be our supervisor. Uh, actually, the reason that Jill and I are back in the Foursquare family. He invited us a number of years ago. Mark, won't you come home? Because I grew up in this denomination, as you know. And, uh, and we did. And I had the opportunity to spend several days with him. And we were on a little hike above Dodger Stadium. And uh, he said, what are you teaching on? And I said, spirit-centered life. And he said, well, can you give me a summary? And I said, well, we're made as this uh, super-duper high-tech car. That's how we were created. And we were created with uh, two seats. And one is the, the driver's seat, which is to be our spirit man. That's to drive us. That's who's to make the determination where our life goes. And in the navigator's seat, we all know who that is, right? It's the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, Jesus takes the wheel is cool, but Jesus tells us what to do, and we take the wheel. It's really the way we were designed, because we have free will. We have choice. And so you guys have heard that illustration. So I was sharing that with him, and he said, Mark, that's powerful. This is a great truth. He goes, I used an illustration last week. I wish I'd have had yours. But I hope, I hope you'll remember that little seven-minute thing. And look back a couple of weeks ago when I recapped it. And also, I believe Dale, uh, I'm sure Dale did, or somebody did, posted a nine-week recap for you of everything. It's filled in. So if you missed a week, the key answers are there. But that's how we were created. We're this super high-tech car. And we were created... With, with this tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body. And our spirit man was to be the driver. And our mind, our emotions, our will, that's the soul. Those are the different parts of the car. The emotions, you can figure what those are, the gas pedal and the brake, right? And the mind is like the steering wheel and the onboard computer. And my car steers itself. It's amazing. It does that. And then, you know, the, the body of the car is our physical body. And the way we were created is here we are. We're just sitting there and we're going down the road and we wonder what we're supposed to do in life. And there's the Holy Spirit right there. And, and so many of us grew up in traditions and faith that we were afraid of the Holy Spirit. And he's there to be our navigator. He's our comforter, our consoler. He's our guide. He's right there. And the Bible says that he knows all truth. Can you imagine? All truth. When you're trying to fix that jalopy and you can't figure out what to do, you know, and you're laying on the ground and you're saying things like, I wish I got paid more like my boss did so I could pay someone else to do this. None of you have ever said that, but I have. I've said it a lot. And finally, I'll say, God, the Holy Spirit, you, you know all truth. How do I do this? Well, why don't you try that? Glad you asked. And I said, okay. And then it works. Why? Because he knows all truth. He even understands Fords and better yet, Fiat's. <laughs> Think about that. That's knowledge right there. That's how we were created. 
And when we sinned, the Bible says that when man sinned in the garden, you will surely die. And at that moment's time when we sinned, our spirit man died. And suddenly you have all of these lives navigating the world without a driver. And for many of us, there were years and years and years that our mind, emotions, and will, or the desires of our body took over and drove us. Hello? This is what happened. And then we come to the knowledge. Finally, one day we wake up and say, why am I doing this? I'm meant to, to live a different kind of life. And so what do we do? We accept Jesus. We pray that simple prayer. And guess what happens in a moment of time? The dead driver is now alive. And it's fantastic. And the minute that happens, the navigator returns. Because when our spirit man died, the Holy Spirit left. There was no one to talk to. And so now here we are. We're alive. And our spirit man's alive. And our spirit man is driving the car, right? It's supposed to. But the problem is, is some of us, our soul, our mind, emotions, and will has been so used to running things, they don't want to give up control. Go back several weeks when I did the Mirai thing, the, the blue one that we have, and it, we kept wondering, why does it keep moving us? Well, we found, it, found out later that when we move a lane, if we don't turn on the signal, the car puts us back in. It's like, I don't want to go that way. It's why I turned over here. Well, you didn't tell me you were turning. Put on the signal, and I'll let you go. I hope you get that illustration, and I use it a lot because I want you to get it. I want you to get it. It is so powerful. If you can understand that the God of the universe says, I want to put my spirit right next to you to be instantly available for you at any moment's time, whatever you're facing. We're gonna, I'm going to have the team come back in a little bit. Did you hear that line of the song? God of every moment. Why am I this way? Because a year ago was the last time we met and we played the blessing and I was pacing back. I can remember what I was doing. I can remember it. I might reenact it. It's been a year. It's been a heck of a year. And some of you might change heck to a word. And you wonder, where's God been? He's the God of every moment. And for the last year, his Holy Spirit's been sitting there going, if you ask me, I'll tell you what to do. Wow, that was good. I'm going home. <laughs> when you talk about the Holy Spirit, the next few weeks are the things that always causes the issues. Which is why I took nine weeks setting up on the Holy Spirit's not weird and the Holy Spirit's your best friend and the Holy Spirit is your navigator and he's right there beside you and he has your best interest in his heart. I've set that for nine weeks so I can talk about the next three or five or who knows how long it will go. But when you start talking about two things with the Holy Spirit, then all heck breaks loose. And the first thing is when you start talking about gifts. And the second is when you start talking about the prayer language of the Spirit. 
and tongues. And being old, insanely stupid, or really brave over the next few weeks, I want to address those things in a common way based on what the Word of God says. Now, in order to fully understand God, now I'm on the notes. All of that was before I even started. We're going to take two offerings today. See, we don't normally even take one. Okay, let's see. In order to fully understand God's gift operating in our lives, we need to understand three truths. Let's catch these three truths. Number one is we are all, we are all priests and we are all ministers. Some of you want to raise your hand right now and say, uh, Pastor, you're, you're the pastor. Yeah, that's my vocational calling. But according to Scripture, we're all priests. That means we represent people to God. And we're all ministers. We serve God to people or for people. We're all called to that. You know, if you think back, for those of you that are history buffs, and, and I'm not going to go into a big thing today, but in the Reformation, one of the great truths that we rediscovered was this truth, that we're all priests and ministers. Because then it was, can you imagine, before the Reformation, the priest stood up here, and he's the only one that got the Word of God. And he's the only one that read it to you, generally in a language you probably didn't understand. Right? And Luther comes along and nails his 95 theses on the door, and the Protestant movement begins. And you know what? What he was protesting is just priests alone aren't the ones to, to read the Bible. They're not the ones to absolve sin. They're not the ones to just baptize. We're all priests of the Most High God. Every person is a priest and a minister. Second, every person is gifted and called. I have to remember that a lot when I'm driving because I run into a lot of people that aren't gifted, <laughs> driverly speaking. Let me read two rather lengthy passages of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 12. Brothers and sisters, regarding the question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when we were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. That's good to know. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. Different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who works in us, in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Do you see that what it's talking about here, that God works in different ways? In other words, he proceeds in different ways with different outcomes, and the outcomes are to help others. That's why he gives us gifts. Going on in verse 11, it says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but, but many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us were Jews, some were Gentiles. Some were slaves, some were free. But we've all been baptized into the body. Remember, this is last week's teaching. All baptized into the body by one Spirit. That's Spirit baptism. 
We all share the same spirit. The body has many different parts, not just one. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make him any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less an ear? How, how, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I understand the appendix occasionally with people makes an announcement to your body, I'm still here. And the parts we regard as less honorable, those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. So in just a moment, I'm going to talk about three different kinds of gifts, but catch this second point. Satan fears a gifted, active body. Why do you think there's such controversy about giftedness? Because if we can get to arguing over my gift's better than your gift, or I don't think you have one, or this one's more important, or I don't believe the Holy Spirit gives gifts anymore, that was for the days of the apostle, and then he shut down. It's okay, I appreciate the response. I used to work in a funeral home. Anytime I get a response, it's always exciting. <laughs> Many, I'm going to say this. Several years ago, I sat next to our district supervisor, and he was talking about the need to bring in younger pastors and all that, and, and he was talking about all this kind of stuff. And, and I looked at him, and I said, Give me this mountain. I said, what do you mean? I said, Caleb was in his 80s when he said, give me the land with the giants. But you know why so many ministers and our ministry model is broke and not working? Because the vocational ministers carry it all and they, they burn out and they fail. And their ministry efforts are ineffective. God's intent, listen to me was for each person to be a fully, catch this now, a fully functional ministry and a fully functional minister using the gifts, the variety of gifts they had received. Aren't you glad that I have a wife that is friendly? And aren't you glad she's outgoing? Because watch what happens after church. And those of you online, Greg will fade me out and you'll think, oh, he's okay or he's pretty cool or, you know, whatever you think. I don't really care because what do I know, right? I can't see you. <laughs> but watch what happens, church. I'll kind of navigate to my bag over there because I'm really awkward with people. And I'm married to my deepest need. 
so I can stand by her and meet everybody. Because after, hi, how the weather? What do you think about the tournament? Basketball, for those of you who don't know, it's March Madness. I'm done. I'm out of words. You invite me to a party four minutes in. I am exhausted of anything to say. But keep me next to her. Well, she's a gift to our church. Because when new people come in, well, she meets you, doesn't she? And in the car, did you meet so-and-so today? Well, who was that? I'm not good at names either. I know Rob because I've known him for 25 years, but that's, you know, I'm finally learning Greg's name. And I email him three, four times a week. You think I'm kidding. But we'll get in the car and say, you mean, and, and then she'll say, it was one with this hair and this color, uh, whatever, and they had this color eyes and they had their hair in this thing, and oh, they had that cute blouse or they had those, that shirt. You hear what I'm saying? God gave us gifts. The first gift we have is the gift of the Father. We're all gifted with the Holy Spirit. That's what God gave us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Luke 11. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's a pretty cool gift. The source of all wisdom and knowledge, the one who can direct your steps, who can guide you, can correct you and direct you. And that's the gift of the Father to you, the Spirit. In John 14, it says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus, and he'll give you another advocate, a comforter, or the paraclete is what it is in the Greek. That literally means one called alongside to help. And he'll never leave you. But the Holy Spirit will come and help you because the Father will send the Spirit to take my place. The Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of what I said while I was with you. He'll be your comforter, counselor. The Jewish, in Acts 10, the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed when they found out the gift of the Spirit had been poured out to Gentiles too. I say that because most of us in this room are Gentiles. Now, so the gift of the Father is the Holy Spirit. Guess what the Holy Spirit is? He's a gift giver. Hebrews 2 says, And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chose. To experience the pleasure, if you will, and the benefit of any gift, you have to receive it. You have to receive it. In Acts 2.38, it says, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. What happens next? Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about, and I, and I already know right now, you're freaking out because you're looking at, you know, he took 22 minutes to introduce this thing. I'm promising you, we'll put a line here somewhere today, and we'll start up again in a couple of weeks with that. Okay, so everyone is worried about your roast burning. It's all good. There are three types of gifts the Holy Spirit gives to us to enable us to fulfill God's calling upon our lives. Three kinds of gifts, three types. And the first one that I want to talk about, I'm just going to highlight them, and then we'll come back over. The first are the created gifts. The created gifts, those are motivational 
can, I, can I use today's terminology? They're the embedded gifts. If you're human, you get one. Did, did you hear what I said? If you're human, you get at least one. You say, well, do you have to be a Christian? No. It's an embedded gift. When you were created, who are we created in the image of? God. Is God gifted? You betcha. Do you think he would put in his creation giftedness? Yes. Now, you'll say, but, but if those gifts are spirit, are they using them in a spiritual way? No, no. You know, I, you've heard the story, or maybe I've mentioned this here in the church before, that, that um, many think that Elvis Presley was gifted with the gift of music. Yeah? Hips too, but music. That was funny right there. This church, laugh people. Do you know, he may have been given that gift by God with the idea that he'd be Billy Graham's worship leader. Now, I'm going to tell you who was gifted to be my worship leader. No, no offense to Pastor Rob or any, anyone else that's helped me over 40 years of ministry. But Elton John was supposed to be my worship leader. <laughs> they have an embedded gift. They're all inclusive. The, the second, so those are motivational. The second are charismatic gifts. And we've heard a lot about that, and I'll devote time to that in a minute. But that, that's the manifestation. And these are all inclusive to believers who seek them and want to be used in them. And then the third are the calling gifts, or the ministry gifts, the five-fold gifts. Those are exclusive to those called by God to lead and equip the church. Okay, so does everybody see then kind of the three tiers? So let's talk about the first one, the created gifts. This is number one in my inspired notes. These are resident gifts. They're embedded gifts. Every person is born with one or more of these seven gifts. They're in us, whether we're lost or whether we're saved. They become usable for God when we're saved and surrender their use to him. Do you know you can have a gift, you can come to God, but still not use it for him, right? Their purpose is to motivate us in a direction to serve the Lord. In Romans 12, for those of you wanting where did this come from, here it is, Romans 12, 4 uh, through 8. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, we, we are many parts of one body, and we belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness, actually, I'd like you to replace that and say, if your gift of showing mercy to others, do it gladly. So let's look at those, that list. These are, these are the created gifts. Now, the first one is prophecy. Do you know prophecy appears in all three lists? Prophecy is in all three lists. In this passage, it's referring to a person who's a motivated truth teller. You've met him. This is the person that sees everything black and white. And sometimes you need someone like that. 
There's someone that can delineate. No, we're over the line because I can clearly see the line. Everybody else is going, well, there's sort of a fuzzy thing. No, there's a line. Why do you need a person with the gift of prophecy? Now we're talking about an embedded, I'm born with this gift. They can bring clarity. They can tell you what needs to be done. And when it's brought under the influence of the Holy Spirit and love, can you imagine how beneficial that can be to your family, to your business, to wherever you go? The second gift is serving. Diakonia there, it's where we get the word deacon. This is a, a person whose well, their gift is ministry or serving. They have the gift of helps. I know I have that because before I was even a Christian, it was if you came up and said, Mark, this is whatever, tell me how to fix it, I'd come and fix it. Or I'd mow your lawn. Or, or whatever. It was just, it's an embedded thing. Do you believe that that's a critical and vital gift? Thank God for people that have that embedded gift of serving. It's just in their heart. The third is teaching. Now, I happen to, to do teaching from the Bible. And hopefully it gets inspired by the Spirit along the way. But you know, I can teach math too. And did for 30 years. And I'm good at it. Because I'm simple. And if you don't get way one, most math teachers say, this is the way you have to do it. Not Mark. There are three ways to get there. I'll teach you all three. Whichever one sticks, I'm good. I'm good. What is teaching? They like to instruct and help people learn. I did it the other night. Our neighbor came over and was, was knocking on the door. And I'm, it's like, would you just say what you want? And finally, she said, uh, we, we bought a dresser and you have a big enough car. Could, would you go with us and pick it up? Well, sure. Just ask. Just get 20 minutes. Get, just tell me what you want. Let's go. So we get to the house where we're picking it up, and the lady that lives there, the wife, I'm assuming, comes walking out and says, oh, I got to go trip the breaker. The microwave went off again. We need a new microwave. And I, just, I couldn't help myself. I was wrong what I said, but I couldn't help myself because I, I want to teach people. And so I say in front of the husband and the wife, I'd check the breaker first before I invested in a new microwave because it might just be a tired, weak breaker. <coughs> now, how do I know that? Because I have personal experience with electricity. <laughs> Think about it. If you don't know the story, fall in a pool with an electric motor on. Yeah. I've studied it ever since. I love to explain things. Sometimes she'll have to tell me, you're going, whoa, you're, oh, yeah, yeah. Not everybody wants to know how it works. <laughs> My wife has this one, encouragement. This is a person who builds up, who can always accentuate the positive. They're the ones that see the silver lining. They have a faith perspective. Even before they're Christians, they have a faith perspective. 
There's a glass half full and rising kind of people. I need that kind of person around me. Because that electricity knocked that part of me out. It did. The world was wonderful till that happened. Man, it messed up my personality. It, and, until I was in a camp board meeting and Robbie said, did something change? I said, yes, the world became dark. Oh, dear God, let's pray for Mark. And they did. <laughs> the fifth gift is giving. This is why you see people that aren't Christians that are generous. And you'll say, well, look, they're blessed. Why? Because it's a law. It's a law. Sowing and reaping is a law. It doesn't say sowing and reaping just works for believers. It's a law. Like gravity is a law. If you don't believe me, trip over something on the way out. But not on the church property. (laughs) Giving, financially contributing in a special manner, being generous and liberally giving. People with this gift are usually good getters, too. Leading is a gift. You'll see some people, they just walk in a room and they just lead. People gravitate to them. They're, they're gifted with governing, guiding, organizing with diligence. They're the people that walk in and they can bring order to a mess. And finally... Remember, we're talking the seven embedded gifts. Everybody gets at least one of these. Mercy. This is the person who can help sick and hurting people. I'm going to call them the white blood cells of the body. You know what the white blood cells do? Anything foreign comes in, they all form a circle around it, isolate it from everything else. They protect. They fight the disease. Thank God for people that are gifted with mercy. Thank God I'm married to one. You thank God I'm married to one. Because there's a lot of things I think that I don't say because it's filtered by her gift of mercy. Some of you are never going to come back. Our pastors just, just whatever. Mercy means you're sensitive to the distress of others, and you can do it with cheerfulness. Now, here's the danger. I'm going to give a little caveat. Because these kind of people are around hurting people, and they gravitate to pain, if they're not careful, they can become negative, they can become overwhelmed, and they can take up others' offenses. I actually think I have this gift, and I think that's what happened to me. But thank God for Robbie Booth in a couple of days. (laughs) It's good to recognize those things. So, can you identify one or more of these in your life? Can you identify one or more of these in your life? Now, you'll say, well, how do I identify them? I'm glad you ask. Number one, does it come natural to you? Do you love doing it? Do you love doing it? Second, is it life to you? Does it float your boat? 
It's something you don't need a motivation for. Is this helping? See, because you're looking at the list, you're saying, yeah, that's me and that's part of me. It's how you see the world. I want to help and teach. It's what I want to do. Which is why there's so much trivial stuff stored in here. Because someday you might need it. Talk to my wife. She'll understand. She can explain. Why do you keep all that stuff there? Somebody might need it. That's how I see life. You know, and that's the third thing. It's how you see the world. <laughs> Let me use this illustration. <laughs> if you're the hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> and the fourth, I'm giving you identifiers because you're still doing the question, right? Some of you moved on and said, I wish you'd get on. It is what gives life to others around you. In other words, people recognize you for these gifts. So which one has God placed in you? Which ones? These, these are embedded. You were born with them. Maybe you even had a discussion with God since you became a Christian. I wish you hadn't put that one in me. I really don't want to be merciful today. Prophecy, black and white. You're a motivated truth teller. Serving. You're good at organizing and ministering. Dale, thank God. Thank God. Joe and I get a lot of credit for helping this church. <laughs> you, need, you need to thank her. Because she makes us possible. You do. And you know that. She'll call me, we need to do this and this. You're right, we do. Glad you remembered. <laughs> what do you have in mind? This and this. Sounds good to me. Thank God for someone who's called to that kind of serving and administration, the gift of helps. I mentioned last week, because we're, we're, Easter's coming, and the birthday celebration next week is, is coming, and, and we have a funeral for one of our dear brothers, who was one of our pastors, is coming. And I don't want our carpet to be dirty. So I'm the idea guy. Wow, we ought to clean the carpet. That's easy to think. <laughs> and then I get a note from her. I'm going to ask the Spanish church to move the chairs out after their service Sunday because I got the carpet cleaner scheduled for Monday. Thank God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some of us are gifted with teaching. We want to help people learn. We love to explain. Encouragement. We like to build people up. Others, we're generous. And it doesn't just mean finance. You give your time. Leading and mercy. There's the line. I'm not going any farther. So you have to come back in two weeks if you want to pick up the rest of it.
So, next week, we will celebrate the 30th birthday of our church family. I actually believe it was the, what, 27th or something of March that it actually uh, was the first Sunday. So we'll have done 30 trips around the sun. Pastor Rob is going to be here. He's going to kind of emcee it because since he was here at the beginning, he might even know your name. That's a reference to earlier in the teaching. Just seeing if you're listening. All the praise is yours. Sorry, Chris, I didn't let you know that. I was struck this morning as we were singing, and maybe you can find the verse, I don't know which one it is, but it says, God of every moment. I think it's verse 2, maybe. 4, yeah, verse 2. See that line? There was a powerful truth happening here today, and I, I mentioned to Pastor Rob, can we go back to that song and end with it, and, and here's why. Some people say, Mark, it's really hard for me to worship after all the stuff we've been through in the last year. Well, I say to you, what better time to worship? Because when you worship, you take your eyes off your stuff, and you start looking at God, and you realize how big God is. And you realize how small your stuff is. And I want to submit to you, whether you're at home in your living room where you can take and hold hands, you do that. And if you're sitting here in the room and you're socially comfortable or you're around people, you may want to do that here. But why wouldn't you invite God into every moment? Why wouldn't you want to see how big daddy is? And how big his storehouse of provision is for whatever you're facing. You say, I've been lonely this last year. Maybe you have. I got my wife and dogs. That's a good social group for me. But I've discovered what I taught you a couple of weeks ago. I was reminded the Holy Spirit's my best friend. Because he can talk back. I found that when my heart is troubled, he can bring comfort. I found when I don't know what to do, that he can help me. Some of my coworkers watch. Sorry guys, but I'm gonna tell you, sometimes I don't know how to lead you. You're not always easy. But thank God I have someone right there 
How do I help this person? How do, how do I lead this person? Do you ever have a question you don't have an answer for? Anybody? I'm, I'm seeing if you're alive right now, okay? If you don't raise your hand, you're not living. Everybody has questions you don't have answers for. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit who has the answer. And maybe he's not telling you the answer because you can't handle it, but he can at least tell you the next step. We're going to sing this song. I, I want you to stand. Maybe you're not from not comfortable lifting your hands or taking someone by the hand, but find some way, find some way to express, God, I'm giving you those every moments. And I'm inviting you to be bigger in my life than those things. Will you do that? I don't know where we're going. Rob's going to sing and I might interrupt him, so we'll just see what happens.